Hello everyone and welcome to the Leading to Success podcast. I'm your host Marcus Bird and I'm one of the 2021 to 2023 trainees of the Godolphin Flying Start program. Over the next couple of months we'll be giving an insight to the Flying Start, sharing with you our experiences and what we've gained from the program. Going forward we'll also have on industry guests and alumni to share their experiences with the program and how they have benefited from it. So listen in and if you have any questions feel free to reach out to Godolphin Flying Start on Twitter at Flying Start News or to any of our trainees. On this month's episode, I'll be speaking with Vincennes about rotations. Eleanor has interviewed Shannon Arvin, the president and CEO of Keeneland, and I catch up with George Broughton, one of the second year Godolphin Flying Start trainees who have recently just arrived in Kentucky. Since our last podcast, we've now completed our University of Kentucky nutrition module. We've begun our legal module and we've had some great visits to places such as Phasic Tipton and Hallway Feeds. We've also been carrying on with our rotation schedule and we thought it would be a fun idea to take you behind the scenes at one of our rotations with myself and Vincennes at Gainsborough on Fowling Nightwatch. Welcome Vinny. Hi Marcus. Yes, thank you very much for having me on this podcast. So we're on to our third night of foaling now, um, and unfortunately we haven't had any foals yet, but we've learned plenty about the foaling process and what signs to look out for. Um, would you mind talking us through what we're, what we're doing and what we're looking out for, Vinny? Yes, of course. So basically we go every 15 minutes around the barn and look at the behavior of the mares, and if they show any signs that they could be foaling soon. And some of these signs are that they are walking around the box, that they're not settled, that they're looking at the belly, um, that they have wax or dripping milk. Um, Also a point could be decreased water intake. So it's important to watch how much water they are drinking. Yeah, and I think, obviously, the more time we spend foaling, the more we get to know the mares that we're waiting for for foaling. How useful is it to know the normal behaviours of mares so that you can predict more accurately when they're going to foal? Yes, of course, it's a good point you're talking about. Um, so, the longer we are involved in the foaling here, we get to know the mares better, so we know what the typical behaviour is. For example, if they are standing always on the left side of the box and suddenly they're just standing on the right side of the box, just like these slightly different behaviors could be a sign that they don't feel comfortable right now, so that they're probably going to start falling soon. So that's why it's always important to watch each mare individually. And furthermore, we muck out the mares twice over the course of the night um, and you can use their faeces to tell whether they're starting to get closer to foaling. Um, a mare closer to foaling would have looser stool um, and that can be a sign. So we're always looking for those kind of things such as her back end relaxing and her croup rising. Um, and hopefully we've got a couple of mares showing signs at the minute, don't we Vinny? So hopefully we'll have have our first following very soon. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I would be very delighted if we have our first following soon and 
we get to know the following procedures here at Gainsborough. Yeah, and I think we're both looking forward to to our first foaling out in Gainsborough. Have you done any foaling experience before? Uh, yes, I done the English National Sub Breeding Course. Um, so I have a bit of foaling experience, um, but yeah, I'm excited to do some foaling on a different stat now and in a different country. So yeah, I'm really excited. And um, what other rotations have you had and what have been your highlights from them? So, so far I have been at the office, uh, at the stallions at John Farm, at the Secretariat Centre and I have been at Juba Millennium where I was working with yearlings. Um, I really enjoyed all of these rotation weeks. Um, yes, it was great seeing the stallions, uh, how professional uh, the people at John Bell working with their stallions. Uh, yeah, that was great to see, but also getting an insight into the Secretariat Centre, the aftercare of racehorses was great, um, and I really enjoyed the office as well, just to see the different departments of Godolphin, the marketing, the nominations team, and the racing office, uh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, we've definitely had a well-rounded education in every aspect of the industry out here. Um, for me, the Secretariat Centre, like you said, was really good, just seeing how differently America does aftercare compared to Europe. Um, and I know all the other trainees are thoroughly enjoying their rotations as well. Um, Chris and Taylor have just completed four weeks at Stonerside Stud, and Lockie and Margot have just finished their four weeks at Airdrie Stud. Getting to know the workings of those two studs has been really good for them, I think, and I've heard nothing but positive feedback about that. Um, and all the other trainees have just been working around the other rotations, such as Johnny Burks and the other ones you mentioned, Vince. Yes, absolutely, and yeah, really looking forward to all the other rotations I haven't done so far, and yeah, I think it's all great fun. Well, thank you very much, Vinny. Um, we better go and do another round of checking. Uh, as it's as it's called to pass now um, but yeah thank you very much yes thank you Marcus for having me on and I will go and check the match now so today we are joined by Shannon Arvin Keeneland's president and chief executive officer most recently she was just elected as chair of the National Thoroughbred Racing Association so congratulations Shannon on that and thank you so much for joining us today Thank you. I'm happy to be here with you all. I know that this is a very exciting time for Keeneland as a whole, with the upcoming spring meet about to kick off on April 9th. What are you looking forward to most, and what all goes into preparing for your spring meet? Well, this is my first year where we aren't having to take COVID into account quite as much as we have the past few years. So that's really nice. First and foremost, we're obviously being careful and safe, but we're not anticipating masking requirements like that like we have been doing. Um, we start April 9th. That's our first day kickoff. And that first weekend is going to be fabulous. The whole meet's going to be fabulous. Gatewood Bell and his team under racing have done such a good job of making sure we're recruiting the right horses and talking to trainers and letting them know um, what's in store and convincing them to come here. We've got 
about 7.7 million in purses, 4.55 million of that in stakes races. And we're so excited that the bluegrass is back to a grade one where we believe it should be. So, um, we're really excited about that. The bluegrass is just such an exciting race. I remember growing up and going racing at Keeneland when I was a little girl and it was always a grade one and I was so bummed when it when it got demoted. But now that it's back to grade one status, I completely agree with you. I think it's a fantastic place for it to be. Absolutely. And we've been we have been waiting for the day that that happens. So we're all really excited about that. And then we also are moving the grade one Ashland to opening Friday which we're excited about as well. It, in the past, has shared the day with the Bluegrass, so we're excited to have the Central Bank Ashland have its own special day. It really is an important prep for the Kentucky Oaks, so having it timed right there, we think, will work out really well. Oh, how exciting is that? There will be some great racing starting here soon, and it's great to hear that the Ashland Stakes will have its own day, which is on April 8th. Out of curiosity, Shannon, does Keeneland do anything to proactively interact with the University of Kentucky students from a racing perspective, a race goer, or as an internship point of view? We absolutely do. We have scholarship day, which you may have seen before, and actually all um, all students, Kentucky University students from anywhere with a student ID can get in for free. Um, so we definitely promote that, and we have been looking at our program and are really excited that we have such interaction and excitement from the university. And it's not just the University of Kentucky. You know, we also have um, Georgetown College and Transylvania University and Midway University. A lot of schools are within driving distance, you know, 15 minutes from the track. And we love that we are part of the culture for those colleges and schools. Yeah, no, it's fantastic to see, you know, Keeneland as a race course and sales company being interactive with the young people of this generation and trying to get more involvement from students as well. I mean, I wish that I had that experience when I went to university, but unfortunately there wasn't a big racetrack in the Boulder area. Um, so that's right. great. Well, you never know, but yeah. we're happy happy it's here in Kentucky and we do give away scholarships also we give away nine two thousand dollars scholarships and that we give away with the KTA in Keeneland and then Lane's End provides two additional ten thousand dollars scholarships and those are drawn for on the scholarship day on university day which is really fun oh that sounds like a blast I never realized that you all offered scholarships with the KTA and Lane's End so for any of you listening who are still at university or studying in college, make sure to pre-register for your chance to win a scholarship on April 8th. For more information, feel free to visit Keeneland's website. This year's Breeders' Cup will be hosted here at Keeneland, and this is the third time in history that it'll take place in Lexington. Is there anything special we should expect as racegoers this year? Yes, we always strive to make every day of racing the best it can possibly be and we love working with the Breeders' Cup team. It's really special to us to have the Breeders' Cup here. You know, in Central Kentucky, there are so many of the racing participants who were born right here, so it's a homecoming of sorts. And we love having them back here and, of course, followed directly after that by our November breeding stock sale. There are 14 races, $32 million in purses, and we are in full swing in terms of preparing for the Breeders' Cup. We've met 
many times with the Breeders' Cup team. And it's really a pleasure to work with them. Our missions are so closely aligned. I mean, really what Keeneland and Breeders' Cup both strive to do is make racing the best it can possibly be. So in terms of safety, we are very aligned and strive to do all we can to be sure that the horses are in on the grounds well in advance and we have a great sense of what their condition is and we talk to the trainers and the veterinarians so we can get a sense of if there are any concerns um in terms of experience we're talking a lot about menus something you'll see this spring at in our, at our april meet and i think you'll see at breeders cup too we're really thinking about ways that people enjoy sporting events these days um, you know, my mom, for example, loves to come to the races with the ladies she plays tennis with, and they'll have a three-course meal, and they'll sit at their table and, uh, in Keeneland in the, in the clubhouse, and they're very happy to place their $2 bets and sometimes watch the races outside, often on the screen above, and have a great time. And that's, um, that's a lovely way to enjoy the day. But we are cognizant that there are a lot of folks that come and want a different experience. So we're looking at our menus to see if we can adapt to what people want. So you'll see some spots that have a loungier feel and some more tapas and quick bite type type atmosphere and cocktails, which are huge in our culture right now, as you know. Um, and we actually found, we did a, we did some, some studies and found that 66% of our racing fan base at Keeneland is between 18 and 44. So in a day and age where we all feel like our fan is getting to be older, certainly we appreciate our older fans. We appreciate all our fans, but it's exciting to us that we've got that opportunity to reach folks in that younger demographic as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's so great that you guys take the time to accommodate all these different types of experiences that you can have while racing. And it's fantastic to see that the younger people are wanting to go, you know? In addition to the Breeders' Cup and your upcoming spring meet, uh, this month of March is Women's History Month. And it's a time where we as women can come together and discuss our experiences in the workforce and other opportunities that may or may not be available or known. As a woman in our industry and as the first female CEO and president of Keeneland, do you have anything to say or recommend to young women in our sport? Yes. You know, I think um, I definitely don't take for granted the opportunity that I've been given and, and that I've earned. And I think that I've been fortunate to work with a lot of mentors and people, male and female alike, who've been willing to give me a shot. And I think it's just the process of every day getting out there and doing the very best you can do and raising your hand when it's right for you to raise your hand. You know, I used to get frustrated because when I was younger and had younger kids, it really, there are times in life for a woman in particular, I'm sure men go through the same thing, but in particular for women who are also moms, when you feel like your plate is so, so full and you read books saying, lean in, lean in. And there definitely are times when you have to lean in. And I guess something I'd say, too, is that there are times when it's okay not to lean in. There are times when it's okay to say, you know what, my plate is full right now. My time's going to come when I'm going to have more energy for this aspect. And I think one of the things that I said to 
women that I worked with throughout my career is that you're not going to be your very best at your job every single day. Some days you're going to be a better mom. Some days you're going to be a better wife. Some days you're going to be, at the time I was a lawyer, a better lawyer. And I think it's just important not to be too hard on yourself and give yourself some grace so that you really recognize all you can do each and every day is your best and things will work out if that's what you do. That's all very great. Thank you so much for sharing your insight and your opinions and experiences on what it's like being a female in our industry and what other women can expect as well. Thank you also for speaking about the Breeders' Cup and what to expect for the upcoming spring meet. Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us on this month's podcast. I've really enjoyed speaking with you. Everyone who is listening will be in town the weekend of April 9th. Be sure to come out racing. So I'm joined by a second year trainee, George Broughton. George, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for having me on. Um, so you guys have just arrived in Kentucky. You've obviously had a bit of a turbulent time, what with COVID. Can you just talk us through what the experience has been like now that you're nearing the end of the two-year course? Um, yes, yeah, so it's kind of been a, a tale of two halves, really, our kind of experience in the course. Obviously, kind of 2020, 2021 was fairly COVID disrupted, as it was for everybody, I suppose, around the world. Um, we kind of spent the first nine months in Ireland kind of um, doing practical rotations on the farm. And then we were meant to be kind of in the UK and America. We did kind of lectures and whatnot from Ireland remotely, which was um, so we kind of still got the kind of full learning experience about perhaps the kind of the physical experiences themselves. Um and then I suppose once we got to kind of Kentucky Derby weekend, we all kind of, um, when we felt that kind of America, going to America that year wasn't going to be possible through kind of visa difficulties, we all went home to our home countries and completed um, two month externships there. And then kind of August onwards of August 2021 onwards, we've kind of returned to a normal but accelerated experience. We just kind of, we did five, six months in Australia, which is wonderful. Did the breeding season in, in Scone and Hunter Valley. Then we all went around Australia to different places, um, competing externships and kind of finished up with um, kind of two weeks of Magic Millions, which was amazing. And then from there, it's been a real whirlwind. We kind of came back by uh, nine days in Dubai, uh, went racing at Maidan, Jebel Ali. From there on to Ireland for two weeks, for two weeks, kind of catch up with Coder and Martin and the team and kind of got delved into our business plans, kind of which will be our kind of our round up to the course. There we went to kind of two weeks in Newmarket and Lambourne, kind of a bit of a whistle-stop tour, just seeing as much as possible in that space of time, especially to give the non-Europeans a real feel for the place. And we arrived in Kentucky about a week and a half ago for a kind of a five-week stay, which has yes, been amazing so far. Yeah, and I guess it's kind of nice that now you've sort of done all the academic side of it, it's good to just get out and see all these places you've been speaking to and meet the people who've been teaching you. Oh, it's been amazing. I think that's good. I mean, the great beauty of Zoom and the kind of development over kind of early kind of 2020 was that we did still have these access to these people and being able to speak to them face to face, even though it wasn't in a physical sense, but you really can't beat kind of meeting people in person and that's been wonderful to kind of really get and just get a feel for the American industry as well away from time differences and whatnot it's been really good I think everyone's really enjoyed it and all the industries around the world whilst the internationalization of racing is kind of coming ever ever more a part of the industry it's kind of the industries are all so unique and that's been amazing to see firsthand yeah and you spoke of externships where did you do your externships 
Um, so I did my first one uh, back in the UK last summer. So I was really lucky. I did um, two months with Tween Hill Stud and David Redfords, which was amazing. So I did a bit of time on the farm, kind of um, getting kind of stuck in with the mares, mares and foals and yearlings, well, a bit of time in the stallion barn. And then I was also lucky I got to do kind of a few breeze up sales, um, a few breeze up sales of David, which is great. And also got involved in the kind of different projects um, he has involved with kind of guitar racing and kit coach. It was a real kind of um, multifaceted externship. I learned learned so much in that space of time. And then in Australia, I was really lucky. I did um, an externship with uh, Richard and Michael Freeman, um, formerly of Freeman Brothers, and so they're based out of Randwick and Rose Hill in the middle of Sydney, um, which was such a cool experience. The ability to kind of work for a trainer, but you're based in the middle of one of the coolest cities in the world. Um, was wonderful. And they were both really good to me and allowed me to get involved in a real mixture, based in the stables, helping helping around with general tasks around the stables, but also the opportunity to go racing, help saddling up, strapping horses, and then also getting involved in their pre-work ahead of Magic Millions. And then also they went up to Magic Millions, went up to the Gold Coast with them, where they were working with um, a plastic agent Michael Wallace, which was wonderful, like a really cool experience. They bought, I think, 17 horses in total together. So it was busy. It was really action-packed and kind of got so much of again that kind of two-month period yeah that all sounds amazing and what sort of bits of information have you picked up from sort of around the world that you're you'd like to use in the future in your career um i think a real mixture i mean probably in in australia i suppose from, from an industry point of view it's just that prize money can almost solve can solve everything you know the, the industry out there is in such an amazing state of health but in terms of the horsemanship I, on the stud farms it's amazing what they do kind of less is more the kind of the foals and yearlings have very little handling and that probably saves a lot of time in terms of staffing which is going to obviously be a real challenge for the industry going forward so that was a big learning point in terms of america i think i'm still learning i've been here a week and a half so trying to absorb as much as possible i'll probably hope to give you a more a detailed answer in a, in a month's time <laughs> so obviously you've been to australia dubai and you've now been in america for a, for a, just over a week or so um which has been your favorite phase I'm really tough to say. Australia was obviously amazing. Kind of being being able to live in Sydney for a few months and then go up to the Gold Coast was amazing. Haven't seen that much of America yet, so I'm still kind of the jury will be out in terms of the favourite so far. But I think Dubai was really unique. It was amazing to see not just the racing industry, but the way the city there has built up over the years and just expanded at this kind of ridiculous pace. I mean, unbelievable to see. So that would be probably a personal highlight so far. And um, obviously, with applications closing and interview process is going on people will be starting to think about applications for next year um have you got any advice to any would-be potential applicant I'm not, i think my main bit of advice would probably be to kind of make the most of the international borders opening up that's been i mean international travel has been so limited over the last two years not just for a flying start applicant in terms of the benefits that brings, but also just from personal experience, try and travel and see as much as much as possible. The racing industries around the world are so different, and particularly between the northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere, the time-wise, there's timelines the way that breeding seasons sync up, that racing seasons sync up. It works so well that you can do kind of a few months travelling between the two, and I think that's a great opportunity. Whether or not an applicant's successful, or whether or not. Um, whether or not they decide sure what career direction they want to head in, I think it'll be a great experience for them both kind of learning more about the industry, but also just see see more of the world. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, 
Well, thank you very much for for giving up some of your time for us, George. I know you're you're very busy at the moment, getting around all the farms and all the visits. Um, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time in America. Thanks very much, Marcus. So as we conclude on today's episode of Leading to Success, I want to send out a special thank you to Godolphin for sponsoring us on our two-year course, to our Executive Director, Cloda Kavanagh, to Martin Larkin, who has assisted and supported us in creating this podcast. To learn more, please visit the Godolphin Flying Start website or reach out to their Twitter, at Flying Start News. Thank you very much to Shannon Arvin, George Broughton and Vincent Schergen for coming on the show today. Uh, We'll be back next month featuring more trainees and alumni to discuss the Godolphin Flying Start program, careers in racing and answer questions about applying to the program. I've been your host, Marcus Bird, leading you to success.